Do you struggle with bloating and constipation? Does it seem like no matter how many supplements you take, your bowels just don't budge? Or do you have chronic aches and pains in your body? Or do you get stitches in your side when you work out? If so, your diaphragm may be at the bottom of your bloating and constipation. In today's episode, I dive into three simple and quick tests for you to do to find out if your diaphragm is impacting your gut health. And I'll be sharing with you the two steps you can take after to fix your diaphragm. Are you ready to be constipation free? Let's jump in. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunk the myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. So I've restarted this podcast in the beginning several times now because I'm so excited to bring you this content. I feel like the diaphragm is not talked about enough when it comes to chronic constipation and problems with gut health in general, including also bloating and acid reflux, which are honestly the top three things that I see the diaphragm getting involved with all the time. And it's just not being addressed. If you want to learn more, and I'm talking about super in-depth, really awesome, kind of talking about anatomy and physiology of all of the things behind the what I call the gut-breath connection, check out episode 46. This is, it's linked in the show notes. This is my episode where I, I really get into all the nitty-gritty, but but the superficial or kind of summary of all of this is your diaphragm is like a bellow. And when I say bellow, it's like that thing that people used to use to pump air into maybe a fireplace, basically push air into a system, often like a fire to heat something up uh, because it's the main thing is it's pushing air. Your diaphragm is this bellow that that is pulling in air to your lungs. But as it's pulling in air, it's actually pushing onto your abdomen, all the contents of your abdomen, which is in large part digestive organs that are churning your food and moving things around and host your gut microbiome and help keep your stomach acid in your stomach. 
and not coming up your esophagus. If that bellow, that diaphragm is not able to move well, maybe it's it's stuck in one part or multiple parts, then you are not going to get appropriate, what I call massaging of your abdominal contents, and you're not going to stimulate the nerves, things like your vagus nerve, which actually start in your head and come through your chest and and actually puncture, they they move, it pierces through the diaphragm and then gets into all your organs there. That diaphragm is supposed to even move things like your vagus nerve. So if it's not moving and it can't move, then, and, and I'm not talking about, oh, you don't breathe deeply enough when... When your diaphragm is truly stuck, you can't breathe deeply, which honestly gets us to our three tests. So let's jump in. For these tests, I recommend that you are sitting because that gives you a little bit more of laxity in your body. And when you're laying down, it changes some of the biodynamics of the body and can actually introduce new or differing um, problems. So I find that sitting is is the best way to do this test. And it's convenient. I'm sitting as I record this podcast. I'm going to do this with you guys. The first test that we're going to see is can your diaphragm lift to the left and to the right? And the way that we're going to test this is I'm going to have you take your hands and put them on the sides of your rib cage. And for positioning, since you can't see me, I want you to just think about your palms are completely on your side. You almost look like this uh, mad kid who's got his hands on, on his or her hips, right? You know how kids are like, I don't like you. And they put their hands on their hips and they kind of look like a soldier or, you know, they're, they're very firm and the hands are and the elbows are like completely to the side. Well, it's that same position, but with your hands on your rib cage and honest, often to, to, for it to feel comfortable, I do recommend to have your thumbs forward opposed to your thumbs back behind your rib cage in front. So you're kind of cupping your rib cage with your left and right hand on the left and right side. And what you're going to do next, this is the test. You want to see if you can push your rib cage out into your hands left and right. And this can be done with the breath. I honestly find, though, that if you have a diaphragm restriction, and I'm saying this after working with hundreds of clients on diaphragm health in my clinic, the Better Belly Clinic, we it's, you, it's honestly easier to do this without breathing, especially if you have a restriction. So I want you to think your hands are on the side of your rib cage. You can even give yourself a little bit of pressure and think about lifting the rib cage and, and pushing your ribs into your hands. Now, you you might actually have no restrictions, but if you're not used to this, this biodynamic movement, it might just be a little bit of a brain trick. So again, put your hands on your rib cage and sometimes, again, pushing into the ribs can stimulate your muscles to kind of think, oh, what, do I, what am I trying to do here? But you should be able to flare your ribs out. That's what it will look like. If you're looking in a mirror, it will look like maybe what sort of happens to the ribs if you like try to suck in your belly, but but we're not sucking in the belly. We're just flaring the ribs, and this is a very different physiological movement for the diaphragm. So uh, this is a yes or no test. Can you do it? Or yes or no, can you do it on both sides? Maybe one side lifts easier than the other. That's a possibility. Um, but does it lift? If they don't lift or don't lift very far, and it should be in a really healthy person, it can be a quite dramatic movement um, or it feels really hard. Or you, When you try it, you feel 
something in your throat or you just feel stuck, you failed the, that this part of the test. Now, you might have passed this test, but you want to also want to pass test two and three to really clear out your diaphragm as a restriction, a uh, point of restriction. So test two, you're going to put your hands on your belly. And I like to make a little circle or heart around the belly button for this test. So your thumbs are up towards the top of your diaphragm and your fingers are down bottom towards your pelvis. And the next test is you want to see, can you push out your belly? And this might sound simple or obvious or like my belly's already sticking out. <laughs> um, but for some, some of my clients, e- even if you already have a little bit of belly that sticks out, the point is from the from your kind of normal respiration zone, which we call this quiet breathing, it's a very small movement. Your diaphragm can actually bellow out even more and it displaces the abdominal contents and your belly sticks out more. So push it out. I'm doing that. And as you're doing that, you want to look and or feel, uh, you can feel your hands. Can you, there's, there's kind of a two part to this test. Do your fingers, which are closer to your pelvis, do those move? Because sometimes you can push out your belly, but only the upper part of the belly above the belly button can move. And that has to do with specific restrictions in the diaphragm or possibly in your abdominal, um, in your organs of your abdomen. There's a restriction there and it's it's not allowing organs to be displaced on the lower part of the, uh, the abdomen. Or sometimes the lower part towards the pelvis can push out, but maybe the top part feels really stiff. I find that's more common in general, but both are options. So can you push out your belly? That's test number two. And can you push it out both that that lower um, part of the belly below the belly button towards the pelvis or the above the belly button towards the rib cage? Test number two. If you failed that, your diaphragm needs help. We're going to get to that. If you passed it, we have step uh, test number three. Hands are going to stay in the belly. And now we are going to actually do the classic lift up the, or suck up the belly so you can suck up the belly. And there might be some ribs flaring with this. That's, that's totally fine. But you want to see, can you suck up your belly? And as you suck it up, I'm really looking for in an ideal kind of optimal situation above that belly button, especially in the middle part of your, of your abdomen, is that soft? And can you act, can it like tuck under? I'm going to be super honest. I'm doing this test right now. And that's kind of stiff to me right now. And it's actually a little surprising because I, um, I'm, I'm going to look into this a little bit more and do some, some of my visceral stretches that I do with my clients. But we, with this, this is a great test. Can you, again, your, your hands are on your belly and you're going to suck up the belly and you're going to see can you pull that belly up? I will also say, um, and I'm feeling this right now, if you try to do that and you feel tension in your back, like your spine, part of your back, it might be mid-back or kind of low back. If you feel some tension there, that is where the diaphragm actually has attachments to your spine, your lumbar spine. It's called the crew, C-R-U-X, of the diaphragm. There's like these two legs that come out of the diaphragm and attach to your spine. It's a it's another way that it can get restricted. So I'm feeling those restricted. I'm suspicious. Um, what is possibly causing that? So those are your three tests. If you want to, again, hear more in depth on why the diaphragm is so important on every single anatomical component, check out episode 46. But now you've done the test and maybe one of them didn't go so hot. For me, test number three was my least good result. 
And I'm wondering, what do I do next? So the solution is two-part. Number one, you're going to want to release restrictions that are above and below the diaphragm because the diaphragm, you don't want to think of, this is honestly the number one mistake. If if you already know about the diaphragm, some people think, well, and they've even been told, oh, you have trigger points in your diaphragm or your diaphragm's restricted. That can happen in the muscle, t- muscle tissue, but typically the diaphragm has no reason to spasm unless it is doesn't have fl- uh, fluid motion. So it's as it lifts, maybe it encounters something above it, like your lungs or your heart or your esophagus that is restricting it and impeding it. Or as you breathe out and the diaphragm drops, or actually this would be breathing in and your diaphragm drops. So I apologize that for that. I got that mixed up. But as you breathe in and your diaphragm drops, maybe something below the diaphragm is restricting it. So you have the stomach, you have the liver, huge. The liver is a huge component of the diaphragm getting stuck just because it's right below it and takes up so much space um, as far as what's immediately under the, the diaphragm or even your small intestines. I've seen that have a big impact and your large intestines, which actually hook into the left and right side corners of your rib cage super, super interesting anatomy going on here. So what's the best way to release restrictions above and below the diaphragm? My number one method that I go to is visceral manipulation. And you may have never heard of this before, but welcome. And it's going to change your life because if you are thinking of restrictions, typically the most common bodywork modalities that you go to when you say, my body doesn't feel good, only deal with muscles and bones. So physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, they're working with muscles and bones. But more important, and the thing that that muscles and bones, what I say, they bow to organs because your organs keep you alive, your organs digest your food, your organs provide you everything you need, and your muscles and your bones just help you get from place to place, more or less, right? And so they help you get up and walk to the bathroom or get a cup of water or go, we're not doing this, but go kill an animal so you can eat it, right? Go pick something out of the fridge so you can eat it. (laughs) That's your muscles and bones do, but they, if there's an organ that's restricted, they will actually move out of place or develop a trigger point or become all restricted and not want to move and tense and tight, because the organ that they're associated with or connected to or move around doesn't has its own restrictions. So visceral manipulation is going to be the number one thing you're going to want to do if especially if you've have chronic aches and pains in your body and PT and chiropractic care has not helped or massage therapy or acupuncture, all these things. Now, how do you find a visceral manipulation practitioner and who the heck does this? So any body worker, anything I've just mentioned, PT, chiropractor, uh, massage therapist, acupuncturist, they can learn visceral manipulation, but not all of these professions automatically know this. In fact, I'd say fewer people do, but there is a website where you can actually find someone near you who does visceral manipulation, and I have an easy guide to how to navigate that website and find the best person to work with. You can just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash find, and I have an easy free guide helping you to find a visceral manipulation practitioner near you. Now, once you, that's step one. 
get those suckers released. And I most recommend visceral manipulation, especially if PT and chiropractor and yoga and stretching, and I'm, I'm just talking about general stretching, like stretching and touching your toes hasn't worked. You need more than that, something more specific. Once you have those released, Step two is actually the really easy part and it's super hands-on and you can do it yourself. You just come back and you do these tests as exercises. So you actually put your hands on your rib cage and you flare your ribs. But the reason you can't start here, and I've tried it, I've tried it with myself, I've tried it with clients, is that if you have a true restriction, those restrictions are, they are super resistant to, to moving without very specific um, release. Let me, let me give you an example. If you have a rubber band, you are stretching out. If there's no restrictions in the rubber band and you pull either end, the whole rubber band stretches evenly from point A to point Z. But if you put a knot in that rubber band or put a really heavy rock down on it and stretch it, you will stretch only the either side of the restriction, but not the restriction itself. The restriction itself will stay restricted. And so you want that released specifically with the skill set that visceral manipulation has. And then you want to come back and once that's released, you want to rehabilitate all of those fascia and ligaments and muscles that have been impacted by that restriction by just doing these tests as exercises. So that is it. Those are the three tests and the two solutions to healing your diaphragm and ultimately getting rid of that chronic bloating and constipation and acid reflux totally fits into there. If you don't believe me, go listen to episode 46. But I would love to hear what were your results. I've just created a totally new Facebook group that is free and here to support you. And I would love it for you to join and come in and tell me what you found. I am posting in Facebook, in that Facebook group, just a little poll on what you found was tight in your tests. And I would love to come and support you and be a part of your health journey as you heal your diaphragm and anything else that is keeping you from living a constipation-free life. So just go to Better Belly Therapies dot com slash Facebook or click the link in the show notes and join our Facebook group. I would love to see your face in there and get to interact with you more. If you are new to the podcast, I want to encourage you hit subscribe so you can catch all the juicy episodes coming up and also check out all of our amazing episodes in the past. I have so much, so many things here to support you because I believe that no one should live a constipation full life. You can be free from constipation and bloating, and I am here to help you get there. Lastly, if you thought of a friend while you were listening to this podcast episode, I want to encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode and share it with that friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. As for you, I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you in our Facebook group. Catch you next week.